0: You know, I'm one of those saps that cry at those Kodak commercials or those really touching television shows. I, I can't even watch that thing. I mean, hearing the music just gets me. So, but you know, today is a special day. Today is a day where we honor moms. And you know, I honor my mom and my wife, my, my mother-in-law, my daughter, and just I'm so thankful for the influence, and for what they have poured into my life. And you can see I'm not even looking over there. (laughs) But, you know, we have other women in our lives, too. Other women who are important. You know, I remember uh, kindergarten. uh, Joanne Wamskunt, she was my kindergarten teacher in, in Sunday school. And she helped me grow in my faith. She helped me grow my face so much, I remember the times that she would grab my ear and take me to my mom whenever I was doing things wrong in Sunday school. And it was Helen Yonke. Helen Yonke was uh, my seventh grade midweek teacher. And in my church, we had confirmation that lasted for two years. And uh, she took care of that first year of confirmation. And she was old. But she knew so much, And I learned from her. So, you know, today is a day that, that we honor them too. But today is also a hard day for some. And we must remember them. Those who may have lost a child. Have a high school friend who just recently lost their daughter. And I know today is a hard day for her. And then for us who have lost our moms. But the good news, my friends, is that God gives us grace for those hard times. That God is able to move in and through our lives and give us great memories, give us those opportunities to know that we have been able to make a difference for those people have poured into our lives and have made a difference for us. So we give thanks today. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, as we remember today, through all the joys and through all the sadness, through all the, the, the wonderings, through all the wants, through all the disappointments. We thank you for our moms. We thank you for those women in our lives who have poured into us. And we remember those who have sadness today. Give us and give everyone your grace so that we can feel your love, so that we may be strengthened. And we pray this in the name of the one who shows us perfect love, Jesus our Lord. Amen. You know, um, when you were growing up, you may have heard the phrase, once upon a time. That's a very popular phrase we have when we start telling stories, that phrase started about 1380. It started to appear in different forms throughout all of literature. One of my favorite musicals is Into the Woods. And in, in this musical, the very opening line read by the narrator is Once Upon a Time. And then you know that from that moment on, you are catapulted into a fabulous story, a story of tragedy, a story of triumph, a story of sadness, a story of joy. But the thing about these once-upon-a-time stories is that they end with a happy ending. There's a happily ever after. Now, our, our passage for this morning has a bit of a once upon a time moment in it. So as we read from 1 Peter 2, verses 2 through 10, I want to see if you can catch where the writer says, once upon a time. So hear the word of the Lord, and you can either follow along in your Bibles or the words will be up on the screen. Instead, like a newborn baby, desire The pure milk of the word. Nourished by it, you will grow into salvation since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now you are coming to him as a living stone. Even though the stone was rejected by humans from God's perspective, it is chosen, valuable. You yourselves are being built up like living stones into a spiritual temple. You are being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Thus it is written, Look, I am laying a cornerstone in Zion, chosen, valuable. The person who believes in him will never be shamed. So God honors you who believe. For those who refuse to believe... So the stone the builders tossed aside had become the capstone. This is a stone that makes people stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Because they refuse to believe in the word, they stumble. Indeed, this is the end to which they were appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession you have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light once you weren't a people but now you are God's people once you hadn't received mercy but now you have received mercy the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So did you hear it? Did you hear the "Once Upon a Time" written by First Peter? It was right there at the very end, wasn't it? Once you weren't a people, but now, you are God's people. I love that promise. I love that promise that reminds me that at one time, I I was nothing. I was just this guy walking around, not really knowing what was going on. But because of what Christ has done in my life, I am now one of God's people, a chosen people a royal priesthood, somebody lifted up high because of nothing that I was able to do, but I was lifted high because of what God did through Jesus Christ. But just like every good story, we kind of have to back up a little bit to fully understand what's going on here, don't we? I think we have to back up at the beginning where it talked about Christ being the cornerstone. See, for, for the early church, Christ was central. Christ was the key. They used the word capstone or, or cornerstone. That meant that every single thing about the church was built upon the Christ. First Peter quotes scripture from Isaiah the, Isaiah 28, where the prophet wrote that the promise of God laying a foundation in Jerusalem chosen and valuable see Jesus Christ was that promise given so long ago but that promise lives inside of us each day that foundation that way that we did dig down deep to allow Christ to guide us and lead us into the future it reminded me of uh, my time as a youth director and taking uh, groups to Mexico, just right across the border to Juarez. There is a mission opportunity there called Proyecto Abrigo, which means Project House. And it was started by a pastor in Juarez who would go around and find families who went to the dump to grab pallets, uh, extra boards lying around, and... and make these little shacks for their families they had the property they just didn't have the proper home for their families and what proyecto abrigo would do they would go and uh, have different groups come in to work and build concrete cinder block homes for these families now there are other mission trips out there that that do this too but they build wood frames but the the promise about the concrete cinder block home is that they won't burn down that they're nice and safe and secure if they are built correctly. So when you have about 20 or 30 youth running around and mixing cement and digging a trench and pouring the cement into the trench, the, the people who were in charge of the work area called the maestros, they would get to a point where they would shoo all the kids away from the site. And the kids would sit there and look as the maestros would carefully take their time at each corner of the home to construct the cornerstone. Because if something were wrong with the corners of the house, it wouldn't stand. It would fall over and be worthless to the family. So the maestros made sure that their diligent work was, was secure, that they knew that once those corners were in place, the youth could do whatever they wanted, of course, with you know proper help, but the youth could lay any stone after that, and the house would be safe and secure. That's what our lives and faith should be like, shouldn't it? that we should always build our, our life on the foundation of Jesus Christ. But see, Christ even knew that in life, there are times where people don't pay attention to the foundation. They kind of wither back and forth, and they let the world just tell them what to do. Jesus talked about this in Matthew 21, where he talked about a man who owned land and he sent people out to collect from those working the land. And the workers would beat up one servant. So he would send in another servant, and the workers would beat up another servant. So finally he said, this is what I'll do. I will send in my son. Surely they will respect and listen to him. But the workers didn't. They ended up killing the son. And then Jesus quoted these words from the psalmist of 118, and he said, Hadn't you read in Scripture, the stone that the builders rejected had become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this, and it is amazing in our eyes. When we are building the foundation, which was something that we've been doing since Easter, we've been building this foundation, being Promise the peace that comes from God the Sunday after Easter. And then when we had our churches left the building event, we were Christ's hands and feet working out into the world, into the community. And then last week, when we had our conferman standing here affirming their faith, saying that Christ is their cornerstone, that they are building into their lives. It leads us to this place where we question ourselves. Are we building our foundation on Christ? Are we building our foundation to let Christ in and through us so that we can be faithful to the call that he has placed on our lives? See, first Peter reminds us that we're just not individuals. We are living Stones. We are to cry out the good news of God to the world around us. So remember who wrote this book? This book was written by Peter, who made that proclamation to Jesus when he asked, who do people say that I am? Jesus said, well, you are the son of the living God. See, that's the proclamation we make when we gather here together and when we go out and share God's love with others. We say that Christ is the Son of the living God. We make that proclamation so we can call out the darkness around us and we can live in God's light. One of my passages that I go to time and time again, it reminds me of how I am called not to live in darkness, but to to call light into that darkness. From Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. It's because of God's mercies. I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the world around you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can figure out what is God's will, what is good, what is pleasing, and what is mature. See, when we look around us, we we want to conform to the patterns around us. We want to, to fit in. And believe me, I, I will admit, I am one who wants to fit in. I want the, the right gadgets. I, I want the right stuff. I want to make sure that I have an appearance that is pleasing to others, where I should be worried about, is my pleasing? Is my appearance pleasing to God? See, the promise that we have is that we are no longer just individuals roaming around the world, but we who claim Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are gods, and we have received God's mercy. I think one of the problems we have in our world today is that we treat God as a possession we treat God as how do we have God help us out? How does God advance my life so I can be better at this or that? Shouldn't the question be, am I God's possession? Am I allowing God to move in my life to where I can hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit? That way, everything I say, everything that I do comes from God. That's so that I can feel myself boasted up, but so I can be a true disciple of what God is calling us to do. My friends, our call and our challenge is that when God speaks through us, we must be ready to listen, to hear God's true calling in our lives and allow God to work in us so that we can honor the tradition of our mothers, those ladies who are important to our lives, to those who have poured into us the love and grace of Jesus Christ so we can then pour it into others. Let us pray. Dear God, as we come to you, knowing that you have poured your life into us, help us to be those living stones that cry out your grace and mercy around us. Help us to not be conform to the world around us, but transform our lives so that we no longer live as we used to, so that once upon a time we can look back and see how you have, have changed us and have made us new, that has given us a hope and a future. So God, we thank you for the love that you have shown us through those who are important to us. And we pray that your love shines through us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.